Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day, and we got my dog, Dalton Rasta, in the house. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to uh, go through his story a little bit today and, and have an opportunity to interview you, you know, Dalton. And uh, it's been really a, a pleasure to sit back and watch even over to just a few years period uh, since I've met you. You know, I remember watching you uh, fight at the, at the casino, you know, outside and, and hearing about you from uh, people in Youngstown, uh, Sammy Caldrone telling me, man, you got to you got to meet this kid. You got to see this kid. And and then having a chance to start training with you and watching you pull up in uh, a rusty trailblazer <laughs> and watching you right now, man, just just uh, just signed a huge uh, Bellator contract and uh, driving a nice car, living a nice life, got a nice expensive place to me in, in, in Florida and kind of just starting down the path of living your dreams, man. Just being able to watch it unfold over the last couple of years has been really, really special, man. And anybody that knows Dalton knows that, that just literally the sky's the limit and we're just, we're just getting started, you know, with you. But I think what's, what's different and, and unique, man, is, is uh, there's more to you, Dalton, than, than even people really uh, know or that you let out. I think uh, people know you're a fighter. They know you're a good fighter. They know you ripped up, you know what I mean? Like a model, like an action figure. My, my son, my son, Simon, he plays with these wrestlers and uh, he, he, all the time he'll pull out this one wrestler and he'll say, you, you play with your friend. You do, and, 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 and I pull it out of him. Who's my friend? He says, Dalton. So he calls one of the wrestlers Dalton, and they ain't got an ounce of fat on them all, all ripped up with a beard, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, Dalton. But there's, there's, there's so much more to your background and how you got to where you're at. Uh, you know, maybe we could open up with, with some of that stuff. Like, who are you, you know, really, Dalton, besides uh, a fighter? You know, where did you, where did you come from? How were you raised? Uh, what was your environment like? And uh, maybe walk us through, you know, what it was like to be Dalton as a child, you know, all the way up till, till today. Okay. Well, I, I grew up in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was back and forth a little bit. As you know, we talked about this. I was to Arizona, back to Newcastle, back to Arizona a few times. We'll get, break that down, get through it a little bit. But uh, probably try to break it down into segments. As, as a child... I grew up mostly in Newcastle. Uh, my dad was in the military at the time. He was in the Army. Um, I was probably six, seven years old whenever he first got in the Army. So we were living at home with my mom. My dad was, like, sending all the money that he was making from the Army back home to pay the bills and everything. And uh, So you were at home with your, with your mom. Dad was yeah, in the in, Army yeah, sending money home. Yeah, Operation Iraqi Free Freedom. So he was over there fighting in the war. And uh, so from very, very young age, like, I always just had, like, one parent in the picture. This is this how it started for me. I was never, never, never had both parents, never really had um, a good parental structure, you know, to guide me. And it was always, like, one parent at a time from this point forward. Uh, as I said, he was in the military. He was overseas. I was at home with my mom. As soon as he got back... You know, to, you know, try to skim through all the personal stuff. Uh, stuff was going on whenever he was away. He came back. They started the, they started to file for a divorce. And they separated. My mom went to Arizona. She dragged all the kids with us. I wanted to stay with my father. 
she wouldn't let us. She was threatening to take custody, custody, take them for child support, all this other stuff. Uh, so she moved us out to Arizona when he was at work one day. She Who's got, us? Me and five of my sisters. I guess okay. I should go over that. I have five you siblings. You and five sisters. F- f- four sisters, one brother. I have five siblings. Okay. Uh, so you and all five take off to Arizona. Yes, I'm the okay. second oldest. I have an older sister, uh, three years older than me. I have a younger brother, 10 months younger than me. And then uh, three younger sisters uh, below that. Mm-hmm. And she took all of us right away to Arizona. You know, she was planning this for probably like about a month while they're working on getting separated. She goes or while they're working on getting separated, she's planning to leave. So one day whenever she's at work, she just finally got everything together. You know, is building up money over the period of a month, saving it, whatever she was doing. And then, you know, packed us all in the car all the stuff in the back of the truck and drove to Arizona. And uh, I was eight years old at the time. So, like I said, first off, my dad was in the military. He comes back for like a month. Then we're off to Arizona without my dad again. Um, so, long story short, spent about three years in Arizona with my mom living in apartments, moved, bouncing around from house to house out there. Finally, she lets me come back and visit my dad during the summer. I take advantage of the opportunity to stay. So I come back for the summer. We're supposed to get on a flight back. I miss the flight, you know. How old are you? Mm, 12 years old. Okay. And at this point, she's threatening my dad, trying to take him to court, you know, use custody. Uh, the She already filed for uh, child support at this point, too. And uh, he just said, F it, you know. And... Uh, no, I stayed with them, dealt with all the legal issues and everything. I think she ended up dropping the stuff because it was too much of time and too much on her plate to do it. And uh, so I was living so with him. So what was it, you know, and you don't have to get into too much detail for the sake of time, but, you know, what was it, you know, as a young man that says, you know, I'm going to, out of all of us, I want to go back with my dad. You know, most kids is like they want to be with their mom. You know, I spent six years, you know, over there with my mom and, it's like, man, at 12, I, I want to I be with my dad. You know, even if you don't, we don't have time to get into all the details today probably, but, but you know, what was it maybe about your dad that stuck out that was like, man, this is where I want to be? I don't know. I always looked up to my dad whenever I was a kid, but on top of that, I, my mom was a, a terrible mother, just telling it how it is, you know. Um, probably some stuff you, you should keep out for PR reasons, but she was definitely very abusive verbally, emotionally, physically. Uh, there was one time where she lost her credit card and I'm nine years old at the time. My brother's eight all the way down the line, all our younger sisters and everything. And she starts freaking out, you know, going through the house, beating everybody till she finds a credit card. At the time I'm in the bathtub taking a hot bath. There's a vacuum cleaner in the bathroom because the, for whatever reason, there was carpet in this bathroom that we were living in this apartment and she breaks down the door. Like, completely bust it down because the door's locked. Comes in, takes the cord from the vacuum cleaner and starts whipping me while I'm in the hot bathtub. So, that there, there's a lot more that went on. That's just that's one just instance a snapshot. right there. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I remember that stands out. You know, I was in a hot tub and she beat me with a vacuum cord. Fast forward 10 minutes, she finds the credit card. My little sister, who's four years old, who was playing in her little kitchen, her little toy kitchen, was using it for... You know, she was playing waitress or whatever, and she was using the credit card for, you know, as a toy. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
she comes back. She's trying to fix the door to the bathroom. She can't fix it. It's completely busted. She ends up beating my ass again and blames me for the busted door. So I got, I got beat when my sister was using the credit card as a toy. And then on top of that, she broke the door and then I got blamed for breaking the door mm. and I got beat again. Mm. So that's kind of like a depiction of like how my childhood was growing up. Every time something went wrong, when she was having a bad day, you know, she you were the in. one getting it. Not just me, some okay. of the other kids too. Okay. But that's how we grew up. You know, uh, she had a bad day at work. She came in pissed off. Somebody pissed her off. Uh, she would, she would beat us. That's how she took out her anger. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. how she got stress relief. Mm -hmm. She beat us. And uh, anytime somebody in the house did something wrong, she beat everybody for it. Mm -hmm. You know, and these aren't just normal beatings. You know, there's probably people, you know, 50, 60 years old watching right now. Like, no, that's discipline. You know, that is that it wasn't discipline. It was abuse, you know. Yeah. And uh, the world's a lot more soft today than it was. And there's there's a lot of people that can't discipline their children because of like child abuse laws and everything. But there, there's a difference between smacking a kid on the ass, you know, and disciplining them yep. and beating them with a cord while they're sitting in a hot bath. Right. You know, no doubt. Complete different. No doubt. Uh, so that kind of, you know, well, that explains me. why you wanted to be with your dad. Yeah. That motivated <laughs> me to get there a little bit more, you know. Yep. And uh, then my mom, she she's like so like baffled about like why, why? I want to go live with yeah. my dad. Yeah. You know, it's like it's there's there's no secret to it. It's like she she was the type of person she would do that and then she would feel bad later and try to make up for it. Make up for it. Yeah. However, like by being nice to you, trying to hug on you, whatever, then two hours after that she beat you again for something else. Yeah. You know, it was just back and forth, back and forth. Yep. Big mood swings. Uh so I'm living with my dad. Uh twelve years old. That point forward, first, you know, I, at first I probably looked like a troubled child coming back because two months in to uh, school in Newcastle, I ended up getting in a fight with a, a kid at Newcastle. Um, of course, you got all this anger, you know what I mean? Big change. Yeah. You know. So, this actually wasn't Were you my wrestling fault. at this point? No, I was not wrestling. You didn't start point, wrestling no. yet? So, I was wrestling whenever I was like seven years old when I initially lived in Pennsylvania. Kay. We moved, didn't have wrestling out there, got out of it. Okay. But at this point, it wasn't wrestling. Just uh, this was the winter time. It was like second semester of sixth grade. And uh, there was a kid in one of my classes in sixth grade that always used to try and just pick pick on me. Just always used to start, try to start shit. And uh, one day, we were going back out, back and forth about it. And I was just like, just had enough of it. So instead of ignoring him, I just, you know, started talking shit back. Dude came up to me and, like, grabbed me by the collar of my shirt. We ended up in a fight. We both got suspended for 10 days. You know, and then she used that as fuel. She's like, oh, yeah, this kid's trouble. trouble. It's, it's, yeah. it's him. It wasn't me, you know. Yeah. Um, that was probably the only problem that I had until about, like, high school where I got in, like, another fight in high school again, which I didn't start once again. But, uh, you know, just to talk you through what I dealt with whenever I was home, even though I was away from the abusive beatings and the emotional abuse and physical abuse and everything else, uh, my dad was struggling a lot, you know, he was paying 600, $700 in child support for the kids that were out there. Then he had three ch children here to support, uh, his girlfriend at the time had three children, you know? So he had, a his bills, his expenses were high and he wasn't making that much money. Mm -hmm. You know, he was the type of person that wore the same two pairs of clothes every single day, you know, 
one day he'd wear this, the next day he'd wear the next one, and then he'd recycle. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was that type of person just so he could provide for everybody else. But you know, I didn't have a good upbringing. You know, we were on food stamps. Uh, there was there was points where the the washer and dryer broke, and we were he was washing our clothes in the bathtub. You know, and then hang drying them. Uh, we were eating ramen noodles all the time and uh, tomato soup with grilled cheese. You know, that's that's what I ate growing up a lot. Uh, on top of that, you know, in high school, uh, it got worse. You know, uh, his girlfriend at the time ended up like having like an injury with her lower back. She was unemployed, so he was footing all the bills completely. And uh, it got to the point where I couldn't even buy new shoes for for school. You know, and I was getting made fun of for wearing the same old shoes from the prior year, mm-hmm. and they were all run down and beat up, falling apart. You know, and you know how high school is—you get picked on for that shit. And uh, you know, that's that's kind of the stuff I dealt dealt with. And just from that point forward, like my dad, because he didn't want me to end up like he was, you know, where he has to work for a living and live paycheck to paycheck. So he was like beating it in my head, like grades. Make sure your grades are as good as they possibly can be. You know, do all your homework, study, study, study. You know, and I, I wasn't the smartest kid growing up, and he, he probably knew that. You know, but the thing was, is I Smart put the effort. Now. I put the effort in, though. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't. It wasn't just a, you know, a natural intellect. Some you know, my nickname. Just, you you know, yeah, tell them one. I mean, I got a lot of nicknames for you. One of them's Doctor. Doctor Rasta. Doctor. Yeah, but smart. Part of that comes from you know me learning on me on my own, me doing the research, you know, because some people naturally just get things, you know, whether it's sports, whether it's math, whether it's reading, writing, whatever. I was never that person, you know. I always had to put in the extra work, do the extra stuff. Yep. And uh, my grades, my GPA, all that was a result of you know motivation or discipline. Uh, so you end up getting good grades. Yeah, I ended up getting uh, like four point I graduated high school with a 4.7. Uh, we'll talk 4.7? We'll, yeah. Okay, doctor. So, but that was all, like I said, work. I wasn't, yeah. All work. Yeah, I was yep. doing all the extra shit, you know, doing all my homework, make sure I was studying a lot. You know, I, was, I wasn't cramming my studying. I was when studying did you start wrestling? I started wrestling again my freshman year. Freshman year of high school. Yeah. And I remember you saying your dad would drive you back and forth to, to different places. Yeah. Also, were you were you boxing or, or doing something else? There was some no, type of stand I wasn't stand boxing. Up. I wasn't boxing yet. I was bo- I started boxing whenever I was si- in sixth grade, okay. 12 years old. Because okay. we didn't have wrestling back then, so gotcha. he put me in boxing. Okay. That was for like a year. Then he did the jiu-jitsu. That was for like a year. Then high school came around. and then Got into wrestling. Got into wrestling. Yep. But... This is where I was bouncing back and forth to Arizona. I didn't want to go live back my, back with my mom, but I had to because there was no wrestling at Newcastle. We couldn't get into Laurel. What a commitment. So went, yeah. So I went back to Arizona just for a semester to wrestle. In high school. Yep. Then you I would go back, back to, there and wrestle and come back here and then and I go came, to school. Yep, then I came back to Newcastle, sophomore year, first semester. Same thing, but this time we thought we were going to be able to get into Laurel to wrestle. But that wasn't able to afford anything, yep. you know, out in Laurel, so... Had to do it again, you know, so I went out to wrestle again my sophomore year. Then came back junior year this time. We actually were able to get in the Laurel School mm. District. So mm. I started wrestling then. Uh, fast forward past that, you know, he uh, 
whenever I started wrestling at Laurel, he was dri driving me, even, even sophomore year, you know, freshman year, uh, he was driving me to Reynolds High School, which is one of the best high schools for wrestling in the whole entire state. Uh, they were double A at the time. I don't know what the divisions and stuff are now, but they had some of the best wrestling. They were 45 minutes to an hour away. He was driving me there. He was driving me to Boardman. He was driving me to Dubois to wrestle with a kid named Tom Slay, who was like the third in the state at the time, but he was undefeated. You know, he was ranked in the country. Uh, he was driving me to Pitt to wrestle with uh, like Pittsburgh wrestlers, college wrestlers, sending me to these wrestling camps and stuff that he didn't have money for. You know, mm -hmm. he was literally using every bit of money that he had to send me to them, you know, and he was sacrificing a lot himself time driving he'd get off work he'd work 5 a.m to 5 p.m get off work as soon as he gets off work he's taking me to Dubois you know driving two hours hour and a half to Dubois and let watching me wrestle for an hour and a half two hours then driving me an hour and a half back you know not getting back till 10 11 p.m yep then by the time he gets to sleep midnight he's waking up at four getting ready to get to work he's on four hours of sleep his time that he spent and spending outside of work He's driving me all over the place just to wrestle, just to get better. Yep. I mean, and then the money he's making from work, he's using to put in his gas tank to send me to these wrestling camps over the summer to make me get better. Yep. Because my goal was to be a state champion. Didn't happen. Injury barred that. Injuries. Yep. Yeah. So. So then you end up getting a. You went to Youngstown. I went to Seton Hill first. Seton Hill first. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a scholarship still to wrestle, even though I got injured both my junior and senior year. I was undefeated both years before like uh postseasons okay my, my senior year i was trying to wrestle through injuries my junior year i couldn't wrestle whatsoever you yep. know i tore my knee completely had to have surgery and uh so you had a scholarship to seton hill had scholarship to seton hill went it, to seton hill went to seton hill for what made you go to ysu so i had a falling out with the coach at um seton hill i I was wrestling there. I was doing well. I was like 23 and four on the season. You know, I started having problems with my knee again. This It was my opposite knee this time. I did my left in, in high school, my right in college. And it was to the point where, like, I couldn't shoot at practice. It was unstable. When I was in my stance, somebody shot on me. I tried sprawling. It would feel like it was, like, loose and about Got to you. give out. Um, running always hurt really bad. Uh, so I was going to see the athletic trainer. He was letting me go do that. I was doing physical therapy there. But it wasn't getting any better. Honestly, it was getting worse. And so I wanted to see a doctor. So you have to get approved by the coach and then approved by the athletic director to go see a doctor through the university. So it's a process in, in college. At least there it was. And eventually, you know, the athletic trainer's like, he got to see a doctor. You know, this isn't getting any better. So he, the coach approved it. He's set up the appointment. The appointment's supposed to be at like 7 a.m. on a Wednesday. So they call me at like 6.45 that morning, maybe 6.30. Like, left me a voicemail. I didn't answer it. Uh, left me a voicemail. I was like, hey, Dalton, uh, just wanted to let you know that the doctor's out sick today or family emergency. I, f I forget exactly what the excuse was. All I remember is that he was out for the day and they had to reschedule the appointment. And uh, so I didn't go to the doctor. I walk in the wrestling practice that day because he had me riding the bike and doing the ropes for conditioning to stay in shape. And he's like, uh, why didn't you go to your doctor's appointment today? And I'm like, because they canceled. He was like, yeah, they canceled because you missed it because you didn't show up. And I was like, coach, no, they didn't. They, call, they called me beforehand. He's like, no, they didn't. He's like, they called you after and rescheduled it because you missed it. And I was like, coach, I have the voicemail on my phone, and I have the timestamp next to the voicemail. Can I go get Because we had to keep our phones in the locker. I was like, mm -hmm. do you mind if I go get my phone? Show so you. Show you. Yeah. He's like, go get it. And he's super pissed off at the time. So I run all the way downstairs. We're practicing this old gym at Seton Hill. It's like all the way at the top of the 
the building. It's an old basketball gym, probably from the 1900s. Yep. You know, and uh, I have to work, run all the way down to locker rooms, three floors down. I get it. Come back up. I let him listen to it. He listens to it. He see. I show him the timestamp. He doesn't say one word. He has the straightest look on his face. You know, not no expression. No nothing. apology. No apology. No, nothing, no just, nothing. Didn't yeah. even say nothing. Just Ego. blank. Just a blank look on his face. Yep. Blank look. Straight. Straight face. No expression. No emotion. Nothing. Yep. I didn't even get like. He didn't even tell me to just go work out. Nothing. He just nothing. Wouldn't even talk to me after he listened to the message. It's like, all right. So I was talking to Lewandowski. He was like, what do you want me to do? He's like, jump on the bike. And uh, about two weeks later, the semester is about to end. You know, PSAC's coming up. I had to sit out PSAC's, which is one of the biggest tournaments of the year yep. for Division Two, at least where we're at. And uh, I ended up deciding to transfer. Me and my dad were talking about it. We are like, this isn't, like, good for me, The you know, I wanted to transfer to wrestle, but after talking, do they have wrestling at YSU? No, yeah, I didn't think so. Mm-mm. So I then you went to YSU, played football, played some, played football, mm-hmm. got injured again. So the knee I was having issues with ended Same up having stuff. surgery. Kept nagging. Yeah, so I ended up having surgery on it. So got, at at what getting, point did you say I'm going to transfer my thoughts from wrestling and football into into wanting to fight? So I, as growing, when I was growing up, I always wanted to either fight or play football as a professional. Like, I wanted to be a professional fighter, a professional At what player. age do you remember having these thoughts? It's, it was When I was growing up, it was football first, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seven years old. As soon as I started playing football, I was, you know, every kid. When did, when did you want to be a professional fighter? fighter? Uh, so, like I said, football was probably Earliest seven you years can remember. old, 10 maybe for fighting. We were watching uh ufc fights i remember no maybe it was actually maybe 11 okay going on 12 okay because i just started boxing and we went to like one of our teammates house to watch the ufc fights and uh i remember just getting hooked right away you know and uh i was like i want to be either a football player or ufc fighter at the time i was probably thinking to myself i'm gonna do both i'm gonna be both at the same time right right thinking that you can actually do it yeah yeah but you can't do that shit Uh, long story short Ended up being an MMA fighter, but right out of college, right out of uh, football, did you did you transfer right into training for MMA? There was probably a couple month gap in there. How old? I was nineteen, maybe turning twenty when you started. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is right around the time where uh, I'm living on campus at YSU at the time. Okay, you know, and uh, the tuition, everything goes up the following year. I end up having to move out, but in that process, after I get done playing football, because I injured my knee, I end up having surgery on the knee that I was having a problem with at YSU. And uh, two months in between there, you know, I was probably just lifting weights, you know, just living a normal life. And I was like, I can't do this, you know. It's like I need to do something. And I started going back to jujitsu at Mike Demko's. In this process, probably at semester ends, and my dad ends up getting in a motorcycle accident. And, uh, this is when I just started. I just started training MMA again. I remember, and he was in the hospital. I remember showing up to the hospital. I was the first one there, uh, and then me and my dad were actually fighting at the time. A lot of people don't know this. We were we were arguing. We uh, got in a really bad argument at the house, and uh, I actually went to like live with one of my friends, like hang out and stay at one of my friends' house for a couple weeks. You know, just let things cool off, and then that happened. And uh, so I ended up being the first one there. I was like the last one to find out because nobody wanted to tell me because they knew me and my dad were f- fighting. 
mm-hmm. and I ended up being the first one there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then everybody, like whenever I showed off, I showed up there. I remember his girlfriend was there, and she was like super pissed. We we you know we hashed it out now. We're cool now, but at the time, uh, she was mad at me, and she was like trying to get me kicked out of the the hospital. Um, if she's watching this, she'll probably get a laugh out of it because mm-hmm. she, I know she remembers that she was trying, she was trying really hard. It was pretty petty and, uh, long story short, everybody else went back and my dad was like asking for me to come back, you know? And then, so I came back and it was just me and my dad in the room and he wanted to like, you know, squash the beef and everything right there. And we did. And probably two weeks went by and he was doing well. You know, he had like five, six surgeries, and then he ended up passing away. He had complications after like the sixth or seventh one, whichever one it was. And uh, they had him on like life support and all this other stuff on uh, oxygen and put him on dialysis and everything was failing. He ended up passing away. So after that, fast forward to like the 20 years old. Yeah. So 20 years old, you got really no huge relationship with your mom. Mm -mm. I'm not talking to her at all. And then closest person really to you your dad you know and he passes away so 20 years old probably feeling a little me against the world i'm alone i would imagine not a huge relationship with the with your siblings no i I wouldn't say that i never had that attitude because i've always had a lot of friends around me that they've done stuff for me or their families have you know i've been really fortunate to have really good friends Mm -hmm that have had really good families that treated me like family. Yep. You know what I mean? I had yep. a lot of people help me along the way, you know? So whether they let me stay at their house, whether they uh, lend me some money whenever I needed it, when I was behind on bills or something, because after, uh, just to expand a little bit on my upbringing, after my dad passed away, I was I went from living on my own to living with an aunt, to living on my own again, to living with my Nana, to living with a friend, to living on my own. I was bouncing back and forth. There was, there was like no stability, Yep. you know? And uh, the only reason I kept moving back in with my aunt and then my Nana and then a friend is because I wasn't able to make the bills anymore. You know, I was working, so I was going to school full time. And you graduated. Yeah, 18 credit hours. I was training two to three times a day. Training was the most important thing to me. Uh, everybody's like, oh, you need college for a plan B, plan, plan B this, plan B that, you know? Plan B to me is for losers. But the only reason I went is because I already started. I was already halfway through, and I know my dad would have wanted me to get my degree. Mm-hmm. So it's the only reason why I finished. But what did you get your degree in? Finance. Finance with a, ma- a minor in accounting. What a four point seven. No, that was uh, that was high school. Okay. College. Four point oh. Three point eight. Okay. Three point eight. Solid. So, um, where that where was that? that was, so basically you're, you know, you're transferring in, you know, people are helping you out and, and now you're starting to transfer into, into two, three hours a day, two, three sessions a day. Yeah. So putting it all into I was tra- training the priority was the most important of, thing of MMA. Me. Yeah. Training was the most important thing to me. I was probably run down, you know, underslept, overtrained, but I was trained two to three times a day. I was, when did you take your first hours. fight? I, was, I actually just got a memory on my Facebook. It was five years ago. Yesterday, okay, five years ago. Yesterday right. was my first fight. Okay, so it's been I've been at this for five years. That was my first amateur fight. Yep. Um. So yeah, so I've been at this for five years, and li- like I said, training was the most important thing to me because I knew at that point I, I was done with football. I knew what I wanted to do was become a professional fighter. So you that, went that all you went all in. I went all in. Said so, this is what I want to make my job. Yeah. And now it's now it's your job. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of struggle that was involved with that. You know, it was. Uh, 
like I said, two to three times a day. and Driving all over the place. All over the place. Going to Matt Factory in Lower Borough. And I was going to town, school in Youngstown. Then I was going to boxing in Youngstown. I was going to jujitsu in uh, Hermitage at Monarch. I mm. was going down to Pittsburgh to Calm Worthy's gym. It might, at the time, it might have been Mark Cherico's doing some sparring. Going to Cleveland, Strong Style. You set me up there uh, to get some sparring and stuff up there. I was all over the place because back here, you know, there wasn't much. So those are some things that people don't see. Yeah. You know, right there. You see, oh, man, because five years, I mean, it's, you, you've accomplished a lot in five years, yeah. man. But the people want it. But how many people are willing to drive and want it that bad? What, what would listen, you say? Listen, listen, listen. The, the thing is, is a lot of people who want it, it's, it's easy to do the training. You know, if you love what you're doing, it's easy to do the training. So it was easy for me to go to practice. Driving, yeah, it sucked. Being in a car, if you're training two to three times a day, sometimes I'm in the car hours. for six, seven hours, yep. you know, because an hour and a half there, hour and a half back, there's three. Yep. Do that twice a day, there's six. You're going to another gym for a third session, maybe it's 30 minutes away, seven, you know. It's easy to do to go and do the training. The, the driving to and from and all over the place made it, you know, made it worse. On top of that, like I said, what I was saying with the struggle is – I was still going to school doing 18 credit hours and I was working as much as I possibly could, probably 30 hours a week. And I was probably getting four to five hours of sleep Damn. every every night, you know, underslept, overtrained, training two, two, three times a day, working as much as I can to pay my bills. There was a lot of times that I didn't have enough money. Like if I paid my bills, I didn't have enough money to get put gas in my car to go to YSU. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find a ride with somebody that was from Newcastle that was commuting to YSU mm. or there was times where I wasn't able to pay my bills so I was a month behind on my bills and I needed uh gas in my car to get to practice and get to uh school yep so I prioritized that and ended up moving in with somebody for a couple of weeks or a couple of months you know what right I mean? well, until I got back under my feet and then went and did the same thing over again yep you know it got to the point where I couldn't even pay for food I was working a full-time job during the summer when school wasn't around and training still two three times a day plus working what's security the toughest the part of your job now that's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, bro. That's that everything about is tough. You know, you, you go to practice. It's it, the cardio is super intensive. The, you know, you, you got wrestling, you got jujitsu, you got kickboxing, boxing, everything, you know, all these different martial arts that you have to learn at once. But, uh, you have to constantly improve on all four of them. And you only have so much time in the day. On top of that, you're getting punched in the face. On top of that, you know, you get you get to these points where you go to these dark places where you don't think you have anything left in you at practice, and you still have somebody in your face, punching your face, taking you down, whatever, grinding you out. You know, you might have went three rounds with one person, now you have a fresh person in on you. You know, there's there's places that in, in this sport that you go that you don't go in other, other sports. You have the weight cutting, you know. You have the constant day-to-day, -day, like, training two to three times a day every day and your body's beat up you go through injuries your shins are banged up your elbows your forearms uh maybe you had another knee injury or whatever it's just the plus you don't get a paycheck unless you fight you know you get injured and you're out speaking for a year. of speaking of paychecks you just signed a new a new deal mm -hmm. with with bellator yeah um four fights uh 18 months so uh, four fights, eighteen months. Four fights, eighteen months, and it's they a lot giving more, you any money? Yeah, it's a lot more money than what I was what I was getting. Come know? a long, come a long way. So come a long way from struggling, getting uh, needing to ride to Youngstown State. Yeah, they're paying you a lot of money for these fights, dog. Yeah, so I went from 
I just want to back up a little bit yep. to the college thing. Right before I graduated, I was, I even got to the point where I was swiping can or not candy bars, protein bars at Walmart, you know, because I didn't have any money to eat. Mm. I didn't have money for food, you know. So these are things that nobody knows. Yeah. And about you. Yes. I'm learning still mm -hmm. things that I didn't know. Yeah. I was doing that. I was, you know, trying to find ways to just put gas in my car just to go to practice. You've seen the car I was driving. Yep. You know, there was constantly problems with it. You know, I didn't have money to fix the, the gas line or, you know, the power steering or. And you're driving all over. Yeah, all over. It was rusted out. You know, there was rattling noises coming from it, which ended up being an emergency brake. The freaking spare tire on the back is like hanging down because the thing's rusted out. You can't put it up. You know, uh, it's I, I was struggling a lot. And then I got. I graduated college, you know. And I got a job at first, and I right after I got the job, I got offered my professional contract with Bellator. So at this point, I'm working a job where you can make a lot of money, you know. But then this contract gets put right in front of my face, you know, right on the table, right in front of me. There's a pen in my hand, and I'm only getting paid 4000 guaranteed to show. You know, but it's like, all right, this is your chance. You know, if you take the leap of faith right now, that 4,000 can turn into six figures. You know what I mean? And at the time I had so many people telling me, you know, they're, they're, t I'm telling them how much I'm making. They're like, you can't make a living off that. You know, they're like, why don't you work and do that? It's like, well, I want to be all in on this because mm. I know if I take the chance right now and I go all in and I dedicate myself to this, it's going to pay off in the end. And I'm so not here's, have to worry so about here's the things that stand out to me that, that apply to business, uh, entrepreneurship, or those out there that feel like that they, they want to fight that people go through these struggles to where you're broke in the process that mm -hmm. you're not making a, a ton of money mm -hmm. and you got to be able to, to, to believe and you got to give up something of value to gain more things of value there was a turning point of man do i sign a contract for four thousand dollars or do i finally you know go alleviate this pressure do i chase my dream and while people are telling me that i'm crazy or do i go all in you know you've mentioned many times you know it's not a plan b like all in you got to go all in you got to make sacrifices you got to be able to block out the noise of safety and security from others to go ahead and mm -hmm. and bet on yourself and that's what you did 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 you ever think that you would be in this situation already to where they're you're you're signing the contract that you just signed yeah I, I i thought i would i believed in myself you know and that's the part of the reason why i took that leap of faith and took that contract for only a guaranteed four thousand dollars for my first fight yep i was leaving a job where you could possibly make six figures you yep. know and People were thinking I'm crazy, you know, especially because I grew up struggling as a kid. Then I grew up struggling in high school. Then I grew up struggling on my own yep. again in college. Like I just yep. told you, I was stealing freaking protein bars just yep. to eat. Yep. I did. I literally my bet. You know how many times I overdrafted on my freaking account where I was putting gas. You know, I know I had two dollars in my account, but I put twenty dollars in my gas tank. Yeah, gas up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once you have two dollars in your account, you, it accepted it at the pump. But you yep. know you're gonna overdraft. You yep. know, I had to pay that shit back later. I did all this shit. And you figure whenever I get that contract offered to me, but I'm working a job where I can make six figures, I'm going to take the six figures. No, that wasn't me because I had a goal. I had a dream and I believed in myself. I wanted to take the leap of faith. And I knew if I put the work in and I actually believed in myself, then it would pay off later. Now that you've trained with some of the best fighters 
in 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 the world uh, at American Top Team and around. What would you say are some of the traits that stick out from the greats? You know, the the what separates you know people from the top tier level that you've seen. Does anything stand out? I think what the people do inside and outside the gym, you know, a lot of people, whenever they look at somebody that's dedicated or that works hard, they always think about what they're doing in the, in the gym. They're like, they see them come in, they see them like going balls to the wall for practice for an hour, you know, an hour and a half. They're like, man, that's a hard worker. You know, they might even see him going in there two, sometimes three times a day. They're like, man, that's a hard worker. He's disciplined. That's not all it takes in this sport. You know, what are you doing outside? Are you getting mm. the proper rest? You know, are you getting eight to nine hours a night? Because that's important whenever your your body's when your job's physically demanding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can run on fumes with a lot of other stuff. You know, with not fighting. just discipline while you're working. Yeah, discipline in your not, personal life when yep. you're not working. Outside things are going to show symptoms in your inside. Yep, you have, like I said, sleep, your diet, supplements. You know, and then drinking, smoking, partying. You know. All those things Catch are going to add up, you know. Yep. So you're eating bad. You're not. You're underslept. Which is something that you, 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 those inches, you know, you don't do. You don't mm -hmm. drink. You mm -hmm. don't smoke. No, I've never drank or never smoked in my entire life. Never did any drugs. Uh, I'm 26 years old. I went through college, uh, all four years in college, you know. How do you do that? I mean, how do you pull that off? Of, you know, most young people going to college, and it wasn't like you were just raised around you know, a perfect situation. Like, yeah, well, no. how do you just say, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to smoke? Um, so my dad never had beer in the house. You know, I never seen him drink. You know, that people told me that he drank and stuff. Whenever, whenever I hear stories now, you know how people come out the woodwork and be like, I remember dad did this, your dad did that after he passed away. Uh, so I hear the stories and stuff now, but the thing is, is he was a good role model in the aspect that he never did it in the house. He never mm. did it in front of me, mm -hmm. you know, and then he never told me that I couldn't. You know, there was a lot of people. There's a lot of parents out there that try to, you know, control their kids too much and their kids rebel. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad never told me I couldn't do anything. He never told me I couldn't smoke. He never told me I couldn't drink. So he never what, told me what I made you hang out with certain people? not want to just him? The fact that. He never did it for one and two. He knew how invested I was in the sports. I knew how invested I was in the sports. And we just always used to talk about like just simple conversations when it was just me and him. Like what, what can we do to get an edge to, to get an edge, you know, and we were talking about supplements, you know, create will creatine help, you know, will uh, me doing an extra workout a day help. Will me going to the house of speed to work on my 40 yard dash time help, Yep. you know, what else will help? Let's, How can let's, you get let's an think edge? outside the box, you know? What traps have you seen fighters fall into? Like the common traps. The party. The party. Partying. You know? Too much because partying. They get a little bit of fame. Same here in business, dog. Yeah. They get a little bit of fame. They get a little bit of money. You know, they right away, what they, what they want to do is they want to go get girls. They want to party. They want to drink. They want to have a good time. They want to live the, the, the lavish life. You know, they want to look, especially nowadays for social media, they want to look like they're living that life you know what i mean yep and that's a rabbit hole that they dig themselves into mm. and they sooner or later they can't get themselves out you know what i mean whether they become addicted to the drugs or yep. whether they run out of money uh you know one or the other something some comes first some sometimes it's death sometimes it's jail and uh you see a lot of fighters go through that you know and it's unfortunate you know i've seen good people turn experience some bad situations and yep. end up in some bad spots when there's some good people, you know, they probably shouldn't have ended up in that spot, but they got involved with the wrong people yep. or started doing the wrong things. 
and uh, it's very unfortunate. After your last win, you know, when I uh, came out there to Arizona uh, to watch you, um, I was coming off a, a, a tournament, and, and I was looking forward to celebrating your win with you, and, and uh, you know, I tried to compete with you with – uh, after your win, we went out and just ate as much food as we could possibly as, as we could possibly eat. I didn't know you were competing with me. Oh yeah, yeah. I was trying to catch, I was trying to keep up with you with with the eating. I think we <laughs> ate the most at the table. What what would your what would your uh, go to cheat meal be or go to celebration meal be? What does that look like for you after a win? Uh, I mean, every first single, thing you're going to to an Italian restaurant is every time. Okay. Remember you came to the one in, you you came to the one in uh, Connecticut too. Remember we went to yep. uh, I forget what it was called. It was in the Mohegan yeah. Sun. There was an Italian restaurant there. Yep. Same thing. I always get chicken parm, pasta, get some ice cream, some desserts or whatever after. That's my go to every time. I love pizza too. If they have pizza there, get that as appetizer. You know, that's a plus. Uh, then for you're, the next week, you're carbing up. Yeah, next you're week going I Italian. Go, yeah, I go all for the all next out. week. You're going ham. Yeah, yeah, burgers, fries appetizers wings pizza you still on the 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 red bulls the the blue blueberry red bulls. blueberry red bulls or, or did you have you moved on from the blue nah, i moved bulls? on from those but people okay. still tag me in their stories they'll get okay. one they'll still tag me okay they uh, still think of you yeah okay so what tips do you have for weight cuts man i know you know for me uh when i was cutting weight in it, recently i mean i was blowing you up you know for like a month uh and you're good at it. I mean, everything yeah. you told me to do worked. What, what what tips do you have for people that are that are cutting weight? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing would be to get as lean as possible before you actually start to cut. You know, what you do outside of the fight camp matters. You know, you want to stay as close to fight weight as possible. You don't want to be always tracking your calories, always, you know, watching what you're eating. You want to enjoy life a little bit, but you don't want to go wild. You know, after my fights, I give myself a week, two weeks, and then I start getting back to normal. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. I have two, maybe three cheap meals, meals, not days, mm -hmm. a week. A week. And uh, then whenever I start phasing out of that, I'll do two. And that's what I normally do two cheat meals a week outside of camp, then during camp, one cheat meal. But uh, I would get as lean as possible. Then I sent you an app where you can track your calories and everything. Uh, me personally, I like to eat 2,200 calories a day during camp the whole entire time. I lose a little bit of weight each week. You know, it's not too much. You don't want to strain yourself. You don't want to burn yourself out from dieting, weight cutting, whatever. You still want life to be enjoyable. So I try to keep it like 2,200, something that's a um, small deficit, but I can't tell. Yep. I'm still getting full. 2,200, and you're still training a couple yep. times a day. Still training a couple times. I'm probably burning 3,000 at least a day mm -hmm. on average. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it puts me in about 800 calorie deficit. If I'm a little bit more hungry, I'll eat more. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll mm -hmm. eat up to 26, 2,800 calories a day, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do, just do that gradually over time, over the course of the eight, 10 weeks of the fight camp. And then the last couple weeks is when I really start cutting the calories decently hard. The last week is when I put myself, if I'm still pretty heavy, I put myself maybe in a 500 to 1,000 calorie deficit at most. And that's just for the fight week, five days before the fight, not a whole seven days, five days. And then that's when you start implementing the water loading. You know, uh, at this point, you should be decently close to weight, no more than 15 pounds over, you know, and that's if you're heavy. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is for MMA fights. If it's same day weigh-ins, you don't want to be any more than five pounds over, you know, um, if you're fighting the same day as the mm -hmm. weigh-ins. Mm -hmm. Then uh, 
at this point, I've started implementing the water loading where you start taking in more water, two gallons a day at first. For five days? Yeah, for five days. Then you start, as the days start going down, you start cutting them down. Two days before, you cut it down, down to a gallon. Day before or day of, you know, depending on same day weigh-ins or day before weigh-ins, I would do a half gallon, you know. So you're still hydrated for the first part of the day. You want to stay as dry as you want. You want to you want to be dry for the least amount of time possible. Mm -hmm. So me, no longer than twelve hours. You know, and I still eat up until that point because you still want to, you know, get insulin in your body. You still want the carb. You still want energy, and you don't want to like low blood sugar. You don't want to crash. You don't want to faint, pass out. You know, all these other things. So you still need to eat. If you're doing everything properly, you should be eating the whole way through. You should be drinking the whole way through to the last twelve hours. Uh, other things that help dandelion root diuretics such as caffeine and stuff like that but i take caffeine i usually the week of i'll usually double my intake just because it helps with fat burning uh it helps with burning calories um it i mean, it helps push some water out too it's a diuretic mm -hmm. and uh you don't want to take the other diuretics such as dandelion root unless absolutely necessary you know you're holding on to a little bit of extra weight then you take the dandelion root, you know, but that's last, last resort. You don't have to do that if you're getting down. Like we talked about this. Yep. And, I didn't end uh, up needing it. Yeah. So if you don't need it, you don't want to take it, you know, cause you could keep pissing out the water and pushing out the waters even after the fact, if you rehydrate. Um, I tried it out one day early and, and, uh, you know, like a week before and, and it works. Uh huh. Yeah. And then, I said, Oh my God, you, you didn't prepare me for this. My God. Yeah. yeah and I, was, the I was ready. The last thing for weight cutting is, uh, when you get close to weigh-ins, like the day before, uh, what you eat, it you still want calories. You know what I mean. So you still want you still want to be in a little bit of a calorie deficit, but you still want the calories for the energy to keep your blood sugar up. So you want high calorie dense foods that are low in weight. Mm -hmm. So like I told you, a good go to for me it's a metrics bar. Metrics bar. You know, if I'm really cutting it, four hundred calories, and it's but three ounces, three point yeah, five low ounces. In weight. You know. Yep. Yep. So the way your body works, you have to, it takes hours and hours and hours to digest food. Sometimes your body holds on to it longer. You know what I mean? If you, especially if you slow down your digestive tract, if you're taking apple cider vinegar, if you're not eating a lot of fiber, other things. Uh, so if you eat these lighter foods closer to, to weigh-ins, when you, the, the diuretics are pushing the rest of the food and stuff out of your body, the only thing that's weighing you down inside your body is the low weight foods that you ate. So if you eat three four ounce meals over the course of the day the day before weigh-ins then Not even that's only pound. 12 ounces it's only yeah. a pound you yeah. know what i mean you're gonna push some of that out yep. you know anything that's left sitting in there isn't gonna affect your weight on the scale mm -hmm. um that's that's the biggest thing so a lot of people they'll eat two pounds worth of food the day before you know what i mean three pounds yep. worth of food for the cumulative for the whole day that's three pounds of food you're putting in your body you know what i mean yep. and your body's not necessarily gonna push, push that it out. all out yeah. yeah yeah so yeah calorie wise if you're looking for the long-term weight loss the calories are going to matter but short-term weight loss and day before day weight, of. yeah you did everything right up until this point yeah so that's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things whenever you have a short period that make weight mm -hmm. So now you have to adjust the weight of the actual food. Meals. Yeah. Yeah. Or and bar then, or whatever. And then on top of that, lastly, I like to use a sauna suit. To, especially if especially if I'm not using it for my whole cut weight cut, I'll use it for the first 15, 20 minutes to get a good sweat going, get my body heated up, get my internal, my body core temperature up. So I'm constantly burning calories and constantly like getting a sweat going. 
you take that off, you maybe throw some sweats over it to replace it, then you're still losing water. Maybe you take the sweats off and you're just working out in shorts and uh, a t-shirt, but your body your body temperature is already like skyrocketed from the sauna suit. You're still sweating. Mm-hmm. You go in the sauna, you get the rest of it off, whatever. It's uh, a weight cut for me to take lose ten pounds takes an hour. You know, some I sweat more than some other people. You know, some people hold on. You have to know your own body. You have to experiment with it first. But um, I mean, there's no reason that anybody, depending on their body weight. Because body weight matters too. The bigger you are, usually, more and the you leaner you are, because l- l- how lean you are matters. Mm-hmm. You know, the more muscle you carry, the more water you push out. So, ten pounds for me is easy. You know, somebody that has one hundred and sixty pounds, it might be more seven, eight pounds. You know, gotcha. an hour. But there's no reason nobody can't cut at least five S- pounds an hour. You know, switching what I mean? gears. What what uh, what can you name a couple people that have made a big difference? you know, on your life and what you learn from those people. A couple people that stand out to you of like, man, I grabbed this from this person. I grabbed this from this person uh, that has impacted you. And what did you learn from those people? I would say the first person is my dad, you know, the do's and the don'ts, you know, like we, we were speaking about uh, how I never drank or uh, smoked or did any drugs or anything like that. Uh, big reason was from him. You know, he was a good role model. We were always talking about what, what I can get the edge in. Uh, and then there's things that I learned not to do based on what he did and where I like saw it affect his life. You know what I mean? Don't have kids early before you're ready to, you know, uh, you know, be smart about your money. You don't want to live paycheck to paycheck, invest, you know, other things like that. Uh, um, going on from that, you know, in, in the world of MMA, the, uh, wrestling, whatever, I learned a lot from Isaac, you know, my coach at the Matt factory. I'm currently an American top team, but, you know, I always have Isaac in my corner for my fights and everything. You know, he's helped me out a lot over the years, not just with jujitsu and wrestling, but he's always been been there, someone, someone to talk to for me. Uh, you know, he's he's a wealth of knowledge, not just for, for wrestling or jujitsu, but he's he has a lot of wisdom, you know. Uh, he's helped me, like, with – he's a chiropractor. He's helped me with my body care and everything else, and uh, – I don't know. He, I, I, I couldn't be more thankful for him. Honestly, yep. I wouldn't be where I was without him. Yep. And uh, I, I would say another person would be you. You know, don't want to toot your horn or anything, on your own podcast. But I've learned a lot from you, man. Um, whenever it comes to business, for one, uh, two, investing, three, networking. You know, meeting new people. Uh, four, you've always helped me out whenever, whenever I needed it. You know, whether it be financially or you know just giving me advice always pointing me in the right direction uh yeah man i i i can go on and on and i can i can name more people but off top of my head you three right on i'm grateful you edged me over there to the mat factory also man you've given you know back to me also man i've learned off of you and have grown off of you man it's been a pleasure What, what two words you know, stand out to you if, you know, if, if, if I had to say, all right, you know, above your head, you know, what you represent, you can only pick two words. This is what I feel strongly about, you know, for me, you know, these are, these are the two words. What would be your two words that you feel strongly about passionately about that embodies what you believe? Discipline and self-belief. Discipline, obviously um, doing the things that you're supposed to do not necessarily that you want to do. Uh, big thing, like I said, is 
I've said it three times. To be great, you got to be able to do things you don't feel like doing. Yeah, and I mean, having the discipline of doing the right things outside of training, like I said, you know, not smoking, not drinking, not partying, dieting right, resting right, recovery, doing all the things for your body, massage, you know, physical therapy, cryotherapy, chiropractic work, all that. Uh, You have to have the discipline to rest when your body needs rest. You know, you can't constantly run your body into the ground. A big part of it is rest. You need to have the discipline to go to bed on time, to take a day off whenever you need it. Um, you have have the discipline to go to practice when you don't feel like it, you know, because there's going to be those days. Uh, same thing goes with goes with work. Same thing with you're, you're in the life insurance agency. Yep. You're in business. 100%. Uh, there's probably so many people that work for you that don't, you know, they're like, ah, I don't feel like making a call right now. You know, they're like, I, I just need a 10-minute break need a 20 minute break maybe maybe today i'll only do 20 calls instead of 50 you know i don't know what you guys' yep. uh quota is yep. for how many calls, calls you make stuff. for a day yeah. Yeah. but you know maybe maybe they want to just take a nice easy day that's 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 not discipline you know what yep. i mean you have to have the discipline to do it every single day no matter how tedious it, it is yep and uh the other one self-belief being, uh, other one being self-belief because uh, I, I was thinking can't wait patience. on other people to believe in you. Yeah, I was I was thinking patience earlier, but belief, self belief, kind of ties into patience because you have to believe in the process. You have to believe in yourself that even though it isn't, you might not necessarily be there right now. That through your hard work and through your discipline, and it ties into discipline, the things that you're doing right. That's where you get so much day. belief in yourself from the discipline yes. that you apply. Yes. Yeah. Because if you aren't doing all that stuff correctly. How are you going to walk to the cage? How are you going to be on a call, you know, and have the the belief in yourself or the confidence in yourself to actually Knowing you didn't go all in. You yeah, didn't, yeah. You didn't put everything into the process. Uh-huh. And uh, like I said, and if you don't believe in yourself, who else is? Amen. You know what I mean? You can't have somebody else believe in yourself when you don't Amen. believe in yourself. Amen. You know? What, what would somebody be able to do to follow, you know, your journey, you know, coming up on the, the next 18 month contract with, with Bellator currently ranked, what are you, six or seven? Ranked seventh. Seventh in the in the in the world in uh Bellator currently right now. Uh, I'd imagine, you know, you handle your business at some point, you're gonna probably end up with a with a shot here in, in a title fight in an eighteen month span. I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh how would somebody follow you? Uh, how would somebody get a hold of you, you know, on social media and stuff like that? Uh, the easiest way, I'm active on all social media, but the easiest way is Instagram. You know, uh, I think that's the most popular platform nowadays anyways. But uh, my Instagram's Dalton Rasta, at Dalton Rasta. Um, Dalton Rasta? Yeah. Or at Dalton Rasta? At Dalton Rasta. D-A-L-T-O-N-R-O-S-T-A. Okay. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, watch my fights, Bellator app. If it's on the prelims, Showtime. If it's on the main card, let's get behind them. Let's get behind them. Get on the uh, Hercules train. You know, right now, uh, six and zero currently in in Bellator, undefeated as an amateur, undefeated as a pro, and uh, representing uh, Newcastle, Western Pennsylvania, uh, YSU Penguins, and mm-hmm. and uh, belief that you could come from uh, anything and really not have a ton of uh, you know, parental support at 20 years old, you know, and, and find a way to make it on your own. If you believe in yourself, if you got discipline, if you're willing to put in the work, you can make your dreams a reality, man. And you're, you're, uh, you're proof, you're proof of that. So, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you coming on to the grind cast. Yeah, thank you for having me. on. My bro. dog. Thank Let's you. get it. Let's get it. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the grind cast. Get ready. It's a new day. Uh-